0: Good morning. For those of you who don't uh, know me, I'm uh, Norm Bartlett, and Galen was my sister. She just read the scriptures to you. Audrey is my wife. That's who I am. I'm related to all of these uh, wonderful uh, people. We've been singing this morning about the great love of God for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Do you know, Jesus calls upon us to make a response to that. And that's what uh, I'll be talking about this morning. There was a a lady called uh, Judy uh, Anderson. She grew up as the daughter of uh, missionaries in Zaire. Now, when I was a young boy... We, I think we called that place the Belgian Congo, if I remember uh, correctly. And as a little girl, she went to uh, a day-long rally celebrating 100 years of Christian missionary service in Zaire. And after a, a full day of long speeches and music, an old man came forward and he insisted that he be allowed to speak. And he said, he would soon die, but that he alone had some very important information that he wished to share. And if he did not speak, this information would go with him to his grave. And he explained that when the Christian missionaries came 100 years before, his people had thought that uh, the missionaries were strange and that their message was very unusual. And the tribal leaders decided to test the missionaries by slowly poisoning them to death. And over a period of months and years, many missionary children fell ill and died one by one. Then the old man said, It was as we watched how they died, that we decided we wanted to live as Christians. That story had gone untold for nearly 100 years. Those who died a painful and strange death never knew why they were dying or what the impact of their lives and deaths would be. And they stayed in Zaire, these missionaries, because they were committed to live sacrificially, loving those who would in time trust Jesus as their Saviour and Lord. They chose to live dangerously for the sake of Jesus. I want to challenge you today. To live just as dangerously and challengingly for Jesus, your Lord and Saviour. And that means asking ourselves right now, who does the Lord want me to love? To whom can I be a channel of God's grace and love in this congregation? Even if it costs me. Now, most of us would be quite comfortable with that question because we have friends. I have family. I've been telling you about my family today. Here in our own congregation. And we feel quite comfortable uh, with them. And we enjoy encouraging them with our love and with our care. But that's not really living dangerously in the love of Jesus, is it? I want to challenge you today about people that you do not know well, who the Lord has put in your way. Most likely, these people will be in this congregation, but they're out there as well, in the workplace, in the prisons, your neighbours. They need to be cherished with the love of Jesus Christ through you. No doubt you may not know well the people who come to this Sunday service, Sunday by Sunday. But do you want to know them? Have you received them into the warmth of your love? Have you taken the opportunity to be a channel? Of God's grace to them. Are your eyes constantly roving over the congregation? And at the close of the service, do you stand back and look at the congregation? All of those people and see that there's someone who needs you. Who needs your ministry. Who needs your love. Or are you huddled around with your own friends? I am you probably are too but do we look for those who stand alone and are we prepared to be a channel of God's grace to them every person who comes to this congregation on a Sunday morning needs our love and support and care you have the potential, I have the potential to make an impact on the lives of others that will have eternal consequences. Not just a feel good thing for today, for the next hour or two, or the next week, but your input into the lives of people in this congregation has eternal consequences. Has that potential been realised in you? Or is that all it's ever going to be? Just potential. Unrealised potential. Where you would be able to minister God's grace even to the people in this congregation, let alone outside of these four walls. Firstly, I want to look at uh, love uh, manifested. The Bible said, the reading said to us this morning, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Love is a word that sometimes is hard to define. It can mean that union that takes place between husband and wife. It can refer to how you feel about your job. I love my job. Or see my car out there? I love my car. Just recently, a man called Mr. Saganto, who had made lots of money in his uh, air conditioning business, gave $1 million for research in defining a cure for prostate cancer. Now that's called philanthropy. That's a a Greek word. It means love for your fellow man. But this word in this text refers to a different kind of love. A love that costs you to give. God's love is all about giving. If a man says to his wife, well, I love you, and then goes and does those things that deny the truth, of those words, then the words are meaningless. God's love doesn't treat people like oranges where you might just puncture the top and suck out what you can and then throw it away. That's not God's love. It doesn't discard. It wraps itself around the individual And loves the individual. How did God manifest his love to us? By giving. By sending his one and only son to die for us. Sounds easy. He was God after all. But was it? You know, we are heartbroken when a separation happens to us. And at the most... It might be at the end of a relationship of 50 or 70 years. What must it have been like when that relationship within the Trinity had none of the temporal nature of human existence? The communion of love between God the Father and God the Son had continued throughout all eternity. Jesus left the glory that was his to come to die for you and me. The text said to us this morning, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Secondly, I want to look at this love described. Verse 10 says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The fact is, we didn't love God, but he still sent his son. God held nothing back from the object of his love, us. He gave what he cherished. God gave what he cherished without reservation. Do you love like this? Do I love like this? Do we cherish those who reject us as God cherishes those who rejected Him? And what about those who you think ignore you or snub you? Do we put limits on our love? If they want my love, they know where I am they will come to me. After all, they know where I am. If they want to be encouraged, I expect them to come to me. If they want to feel part of our fellowship, they will have to approach me first. If they want me to disciple them, to pour God's love into them, then they're going to have to ask me. God's love had no such qualifications. Thank you, Father. His love reached out, stooped low, to rescue you, to rescue me from the consequences of our sins. God's love gave His Son for you and me. He gave in order that we might be restored to Him. God gave Jesus for our sins. This defines God's love for us. It's love that costs. It's love that puts itself out for others. It is love that makes sacrifice for the object of its love. And it seeks to bring fulfillment to the object of its love. As far as the scriptures are concerned, and may it be, as far as we are concerned, godly love looks for the newcomer. It looks for the lonely individual. It looks for that person with whom we have nothing in common. It befriends that person who answers every question with one-word answers, yes or no. You know, you go up to the person, you say, well, it's a, been a nice day today, expecting that they will say, yeah, it was 28 degrees and the weather forecaster got it wrong again. So, and what do they say? It's a nice... Yes. That's all they say. Yes. And when you ask them, well, did you go to the extra this year? No. That's all they say. No. Did you come on your own? Yes. Did you find the church hard to find? No. Great preacher this morning? No. (laughs) (laughs) Those people are hard work. But they need God's love through you. So you're going to have to go the extra mile. You're going to have to try hard. You're going to have to try and ask those questions that cannot be answered with a yes or no. They've got to be answered with a sentence. That means you've got to start working. You, when you go home, you're going to have to sit down and get out a piece of paper and write down questions that you're going to ask people after the church service on Sunday that cannot be answered with a yes or a no they have to be answered with a question. And there might be a question, you might say, uh, how do you feel about the preacher today? Well, that can't be answered with a yes or a no. That can be answered with a, oh dear me, or hey, it was good. But at least we need to ask questions, we need to work at this. Let's not come to the service on a Sunday morning unprepared for ministry. Let us come with that mindset. I am going to minister to people in this congregation today. And you know, some people are a drain on you. They are a drain emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. It can be hard work but it's a joy to minister to them. Audrey goes to minister to those kind of people in prison every week. She comes home drained, exhausted. May we take on board the love of Christ and minister to others with us May we encircle others with the love of Jesus Christ through our our efforts. May we intentionally pursue relationships in order that we might bring a blessing to the lives of others. And Thirdly, love experienced is responsive. Dear friends, verse 11, Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, when you are the recipient of great love, is it not true that your response might be, who is this person wanting to get to know me? Get out of my life. I've had enough of you sticking your nose in my affairs. Do you think that's the kind of response you might get? Of course not. The usual response is, people are so pleased that you've taken time to get to know them and to talk to them and to encourage them. Have you ever wanted to know one of the ways to respond to God's great love and mercy towards you? Well, here's the answer. The text was full of it this morning. Love one another that newcomer who comes to us needs to be enveloped in Christ's love through you, through your efforts, through your love. In 1976, uh, Trish, that was uh, my uh, late wife, and our two sons and myself uh, arrived on the Gold Coast from New Zealand and we went to the Southport Baptist Church. And there's a couple there called Bob and uh, Anne Graves and they invited us home for lunch. And we stayed at that church and have remained good friends ever since. Not only with Bob and Anne, but many others within the Southport Baptist Church who we still correspond with every year. Their love for us strengthened ...and encouraged us. Love is powerful. It has a tremendous influence for good in the lives of others. Every one of us is given an opportunity Sunday by Sunday, day by day... ...to exert influence in the lives of others for the sake of Jesus Christ. But... ...when we do not lovingly befriend others... ...we lose that opportunity to influence others with the gospel. I do not know about you, but I find it easier to gravitate to those people that I know. I'm comfortable with them. They're not going to make me feel awkward. I'm not going to uh, end up with egg on my face because I've asked a question that didn't go over so well. And I want to avoid those people I do not know, and particularly those who are just plain hard work. The future of Jesus Christ's church, humanly speaking, depends upon us loving those whom the Lord Jesus sends to us. And he sends them to us Sunday by Sunday. I want to encourage you to stretch yourselves in the cause of jesus christ i want you to en- i want to encourage you to resist the temptation to only talk to those people that you know well and i want to encourage you to resist the temptation to get caught up with things and activities that would stop you from befriending people after the service you are loving i know that you are caring I know that. Let's make sure that we do not let anyone slip through our fingers that the Lord has sent our way. Who can be? Who can we be a channel of God's love and grace today? Let's live dangerously. Let's live generously in response to God's compassion and mercy toward us through His Son Jesus Christ who willingly suffered in our place and for our sins. I want you to imagine. You've been given a beautiful, this is, I'm talking to the women now, you have been given a beautifully embroidered hand towel in gratitude for something that you've done for someone else. It's so beautiful that you cherish it. You never use it. You store it up in the cupboard somewhere. Drag it out every so often, and have a look at it, and enjoy it. But one day, your teenage son decides to wash his very dirty car. You see where this is going, <laughs> can't you? And scratching around in the linen press, he finds the ideal rag for that purpose. You guessed it. It's your loving, uh, lovingly cared for embroidered hand towel. Ladies, he's a bloke. Remember that, he's a bloke. He doesn't see these things. Uh And after it's been used, to your horror you find it, and distressed you wash it and you scrub it, but to no avail. It has been permanently stained. I want you to see the towel as yourself, as myself. When it comes to serving others, do we keep ourselves on the top shelf, out of reach, afraid to be dirtied by the milling, unwashed humanity around us? Or do we make ourselves available to all, just so long as they need the love of Jesus to come to them through you and me? That little towel serves as a reminder that self-preservation will keep you untouched. It'll keep you untouched, but completely useless in Christ's service. If we're not prepared to get our hands dirty, we're completely useless in Christ's service. Jesus had to get himself dirty in humanity For our sakes, may we be prepared to do the same for our glorious Lord and Saviour. Will you pray with me? Our gracious Father, we do pray that you might so stir us up with gratitude that our hearts desire, our passion might be to live for you, to reach out to others, to the people within this congregation, to those who are outside these four walls, that our heart's desire might to be a channel of your grace to them, that we might see people come to Christ, that we might be part of that journey. As Audrey mentioned this morning, the chaplain sometimes they're uh, digging the soil, sometimes they're planting the seed, and other times they're watering and then there's somebody who comes along and does the harvest. Father... We want to be part of that process where people are touched with the love of Jesus. And we ask that you might do this through us today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.